Is it a comedy? Yes. Good. Hello and welcome to the Amateur Austenite. My name is Frances Duncan. I'm an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. My very special guest today is my friend Craig. Hello, I'm Craig. We're doing something slightly different. Craig has read one chapter of Persuasion and watched two adaptations of Persuasion, but that is the extent of his knowledge of Jane Austen. So we thought we'd start on some juvenilia, and we've just read Henry and Eliza together. Which was awesome, I think. This is usually the part where I summarise what happened. I'm not quite sure how to summarise this. Uh, Sir George and Lady Harcourt find a baby. Three-month-old. Three-month-old. They adopt the baby. Then when she's grown up, she steals money for them, so they kick her out. 50 pounds. 50 pounds, which is a lot of money in those days. A lot of money, yes. Yep. Yes. She goes to the lion to see her friend, Mrs. Wilson, who writes to her friend, the Duchess of F, and says, you should hire this woman as your companion. So Eliza goes to the Duchess's house, steals her daughter's fiancé, I believe, Cecil, marries him. They leave a note saying, we're married. Uh, They run away to the continent where they're chased by the Duchess. They have two boys then Cecil dies. Eliza comes back to England on with her own, kids. On their warship. On their warship. And the Duchess locks her up. Then she manages to break out of the cell by throwing her children out the window. And After a few weeks in the cell. After a few weeks in the cell? Yes. And then goes home, runs into no, Lady sells. Harcourt. She, oh, she sells, sells her clothes. Sells her clothes and buys necessities, which includes a gold watch. Because that's necessary. Yes, it is. And then she runs into Lady Harcourt Lady and Harcourt. Sir George. George. Yep. And Lady Harcourt says, by the way, actually, Eliza's your daughter. I totally forgot that I left her in that haycock where we found her. So she's actually ours. And Sir George is like, great, so she didn't steal from us. And then, this is the best bit, in the last paragraph... Uh, she raises an army and demolishes the Duchess's house. Yep. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Okay. Great so story. <laughs> a lot happens. I like it that the um, she was 45 years old. 45 and a half. half. Which is quite old in those days, I'd imagine. I imagine the, only, the average age in the 1700s would be not much more than that. Well, Mrs. Austen, uh, Jane's mother, lived into her 80s. Oh, shit. Which is really interesting also because she was sick her whole life, which makes everybody think she was a hypochondriac. Oh, right. If you didn't die in childbirth, you were pretty good. Yeah. You're probably going to live quite late, yeah. Oh, if you depending on what class you were, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So this is of a certain class, so yeah. this is a... A duchess, so she would be quite well looked after. Yep. So the obviously widowed, she her husband died quite early, and then and then uh, Eliza's husband died quite early. So maybe the men would die quite early, or the woman would well looked after and didn't die so early. It's always a thing though that men die sooner than women. Mm. So it's always been that way. I guess you'd have to adjust for women dying in childbirth, but yeah. I don't even know which volume of her juvenilia this was in because I haven't done any research because I wanted to read it just straight. Mm -hmm. So we had as much knowledge as each other when we went into it. Jane Austen, she wrote all her juvenilia, so all her short stories and poems and plays and little volumes. So she had it in three volumes. So novels used to be published in three volumes. So she made her own three volumes. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure which volume this one is. And she dedicated each of the pieces to different people and this one she dedicated to her cousin Jane Cooper 
who she went to school with briefly when she was, I think, seven. Uh, they caught diphtheria and they sent a message to their mothers and their mothers came and got them. And Jane Cooper's mother caught the diphtheria from them and then died. Jane almost died, but she didn't. But then her aunt died, so that was kind of sad. Mm, very sad. So you've got lots of notes. You actually made notes. Well done. I didn't make notes. I had to, just to follow the story. <laughs> Keep track of the weird stuff was happening. I love that it's a comedy. I think that's a... It's great to know she wrote comedies. I thought she was all about the, the love affairs and the... Well, that's you know. a common misconception about Jane Austen, particularly in the modern world. They've marketed them as romance, but really they're actually... They're essentially comedies and social commentary. Ah. But in her juvenilia, her comedy is really at the surface. Mm. Uh, it's much more subtle in her more mature works. Mm-hmm. But this stuff is just ridiculously laugh-out-loud funny. Mm, it is. It is very good. I do love the... Um, she realised her boys were hungry when they ate her fingers. I think that was a, <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice touch. That was great, eh? I like that she threw them out the window. She threw her clothes out the window. Somehow they let her keep her clothes... She threw them out the window and then decided to throw her children out the window after the clothes. And the clothes were enough to buy necessities, including a gold watch. So they must have been expensive clothes, I'm not assuming. Well, actually, to be fair, clothes were quite expensive. Yeah. And because she was of a certain rank, mm. probably be quite expensive clothes. Yep. <clears throat> I'm interested to know uh, when she sailed back from France on the warship. Surely she didn't sail that by herself. It doesn't say, does it? So that she must have had men-at-arms to sail that ship. I don't know why. Where they ended up letting her get captured, or Jane Austen didn't think of that, maybe? Yeah, it says, Immediately on her husband's death, set sail for England in a man-of-war of 55 guns, which they had built in more prosperous days, which makes it sound like she and her husband built the warship. Mm-hmm. Had it built, probably, but yes. I don't know why they would have a warship. But then, at the end, she raises an army, so... Maybe that's just how she rolls. 55 guns would be quite a big ship. Uh, One would assume the sail. Yes. Yeah, so she would have to get a massive crew to sail that. Maybe she just... Put the children to work? Wouldn't have thought so. (laughs) But anything's possible in this comedy, right? (laughs) I wonder if um, in the cell, she said she was a few weeks in the cell, took her a, a few weeks to get the bars off. I wonder if she was being fed the time. It doesn't say. No, because they would certainly notice her chipping away at trying to get out if they were coming to feed her. We had a very good laugh about when she got into the cell. Because she tried the door first to escape, but it was locked. She went to the door, but it was locked. She looked at the window, but it was barred with iron. Disappointed in both her expectations, she despaired of effecting her escape. And then there's just randomly a saw in the corner. Yep, and a rope ladder. And a rope ladder. Yes, yeah, and it took her a few weeks to displace every bar in the window. It doesn't say anything about her being fed during that time. No, and the guards would notice if there was guards that she was trying to escape. You'd assume she... there'd be guards. Yeah, maybe they couldn't afford them. Oh, and I love this bit. She, when she throws her children out the window, she jumps out after them, and she had the pleasure of finding her little boys in perfect health and fast asleep. Yes, <laughs> unconscious from the fall, <laughs> maybe. Oh, so much happens. Mm. It is like a whole novel. It is. Yes. How many times have you read this? Uh, Probably only a handful of times, and I have not read this in years. I did not remember it. Very good. It is a a good story, and it could be the bones of a good movie, I think. (laughs) I don't think people would understand what was going on. No, but they could flesh it out a bit. (laughs) Get um, some uh, guy to narrate it, James L. Jones or something like that. 
I love the bit where she's found by Sir George and Lady Harcourt and she answers their questions even though she's only three months old. Mm, yes. She's uh, clearly advanced for her age, having lived her whole life in a haycock. And she'd apparently been there for a couple of weeks uh, and survived. I took her to a haycock and laid her down. A few weeks afterwards, you returned, unfortunately for me, made no inquiries uh, about the fact that she was pregnant when he left. Satisfied within myself of the welfare of my child, who I completely abandoned, I soon forgot I had one. Insomuch that when we shortly after found her in the very haycock I had placed her, I had no more idea of her being my own than you had. Yeah. It doesn't actually say how long that was. Oh, yeah, it does say a few weeks afterwards he returned. So it was a couple of weeks that she was apparently living in a haycock as a three-month-old baby and survived. Yes. And is able to talk. A lot of uh, comedies have a poor stitch-up at the end to make it all come together, though, so... This is true. Yeah. I particularly like her raising an army. And by that act, gained the blessings of thousands and the applause of her own heart. The other thing I didn't quite get was when they um, they moved to France. Yes. Because... She was running away from the Duchess who wanted to kill them both. Yes, but how would they know that the Duchess wanted to kill them? Because the Duchess hired 300 men and told them to bring them, bring them back dead or alive. But if they bring them back alive, they should then kill them. Actually, yeah, it doesn't say how they knew that. No. Maybe they're guessing because of their knowledge of uh, how the duchess might react. They continued their flight to the continent, which they judged to be more secure than their native land from the dreadful effects of the duchess' vengeance, which they had so much reason to apprehend. We don't know why they assumed that she would send 300 armed men after them with orders not to return without their bodies dead or alive. Ah. Yeah. Maybe they just well she did she did steal her the Duchess's daughter's fiance, so maybe that was the despicable thing back but, then. But everybody falls in love with Eliza because even the chaplain was in love with her, True. so they knew that he would marry them. Yes, that's right. Because he was in love with her, which makes no sense. Yeah. Because surely he'd be like, No, I won't marry you to this guy, you should marry me instead. Yes. Maybe all royalty should spend the first three weeks of their life in a haycock and um it'll do them well. She's not royalty. Wasn't she? No. Oh. So her parents are Sir George and Lady Harcourt. So she's aristocracy, oh, right. not royalty. Okay. So they're a step down. Damn it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's just so ridiculous. There's so much that we could possibly say about it. There's the whole thing at the start where she was, they incited in her a love of virtue and a hatred of vice. But then... She goes and steals money from them. Who'd she steal the fifty pounds from? Your parents. When she turned or when she turned eighteen. And she doesn't care either. She takes it as a misfortune. She sits under a tree and writes a song. Mm. And they're referred to as a inhuman benefactors, even though she just stole from them. Fifty pounds would be a lot, yes. Yeah, well for some people that was years' wages. Mm. Yeah. It's ridiculous and hilarious, and I think everybody should go and read it immediately. I would agree. I liked it. I really enjoyed it. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. It's it's certainly easier to ingest than her more uh, mature novels. Mm. Her sentences got longer and longer as she wrote more and more. I see. So they really did. These sentences weren't weren't too bad, succinct even for for Jane. <laughs> and that is our summary of Henry and Eliza by Jane Austen. 
My name is Frances Duncan. You can find me at francisduncanwrites.com and on Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa, New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice, heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!